Wonderful. All right. Hello. Welcome, welcome one and all. Here we go. I love it. Back to singing us in. Welcome and everybody. my story leads with music, by the way. Oh, excellent. <laughs> excellent. I have not, you know, I uh, took an afternoon nap today. Uh, like one of the life's uh, true pleasures. Uh, and uh, I have not had a chance to see this article yet. So we are going to preview this week's article. And we are going to dive back into uh, last week's city council meeting. Uh, discuss some of the things that happened there. Some of the big moves uh, that have taken place in city government. And uh, we'll get to all that next. But first, I'd like to welcome everybody into the Hilliard Beacon Audio Companion number nine. Number nine. Number nine, number nine. Thank you, thank nine, you. We're all nine, very much betraying nine. our age now, but we are doing it uh, in the name of a Beatles joke, so I find it okay. Uh, I will say that it is time to uh, get right into it. Let's talk, guys, this week uh, about, first, uh, a cold open question. Hmm. I think we had a lot of fun last time chatting uh, briefly. Here's one for you. Okay. You have the last quarter, which means it's closing time. You've got one more song in the jukebox. What are you playing? There's oh. only one right answer, and I have it already, but go ahead. I chose Razor Boy by Steely Dan. Razor Boy by Steely Boy, Dan. Boy, that's deep in the catalog there. But he knew it that's right off the top. a deep cut. That came right up. Right off the top. Yep. Thank you, Tim. Kevin? Boy. Layla, Derek and the Dominant. Oh, Strong Classic choice. Very strong. Classic closer. Full nostalgia. Uh, as I alluded to, the correct answer is Tumbling Dice by the Rolling Stones. Not, work too. Not, bad. Not bad. All right. Not bad at all. Gentlemen, on to more serious matters. <laughs> uh, Kevin, let's talk first about uh, the safety of the flock. Uh, flock safety cameras are now set to be dotting the Hilliard landscape. Tell us all about it. Yes, uh, Hilliard is following suit with some other cities that have flock cameras, uh, flock safety cameras. Uh, the positions of the cameras are not uh, specifically identified yet, but they'll be in high volume, high traffic areas, particularly around uh, the I-270 entrance and exit ramps. Um, and they'll have not been installed, and there's not a definite timetable for their installation. Uh, this, the signing or the entering of a leasing agreement, not a leasing agreement, but a um, an agreement with flock cameras uh, is, is forthcoming, subscription agreement. Uh, it's an annual subscription, $40,000 for this first annual subscription. Uh, the city should be entering into that agreement within the next week or so, and then flock will install the cameras. Um, probably it'll be a couple months before that's done. Uh, I don't know how many other cities are doing this. Uh, the city of Worthington recently signed a contract with flock um, and those cameras are, are not yet installed yet either. So Flock has a list of cities where they're installing these cameras. Um, and they, no facial recognition, um, none of that, because I was debating on yet. how to lead the story and I was, you know, George Orwell, 1984, Big Brother's Watching, no, that's not the right way to go, because uh, it's not nearly that nefarious. Oh, but <laughs> some, some council people want it to be. Uh, yeah, some, pe uh, some people true? probably they think it will really be. They were really stoked. Mm -hmm. They're asking a lot of questions about how quickly they can get facial recognition cameras put um, in. That's true. Uh, they were asking, why can't we do it? Because Flock was clear, hey, this is not 
This is not facial recognition. Uh, but it does read the vehicles, make, model, license plate number of the vehicles. So it will find cars entering and, and uh, leaving the city that are on a hot list. Uh, if they're stolen, it also ties into NCIC. It ties into Amber Alerts. National Crime uh, It can tie into what is called Silver Alerts, which are seniors who are wandering out, driving around, mm. and they have license plate numbers. So, um, so it's it's got several purposes: uh, finding uh, uh, finding uh, cars identified with Amber Alerts, uh, with missing seniors. Um, and it can also be used uh, if, if the license plate is entered as a car known to be involved in, in um, thefts. Um, that's what started in Worthington. Uh, these cameras are going to install in Worthington or on the Huntley Road corridor. And Worthington was experiencing just too many incidents of smashing grabs, cutting catalytic converters, mm-hmm. things like that. And um, the cameras in Worthington, and I expect the ones in Hilliard, this isn't a secret. They're out there. Um, the, the chief in Worthington said, "Hey, we hope that we want people to know it's there, and maybe they won't come into our city to to um, steal things." So um, that's the purpose of the cameras, um, and uh, those will be installed uh, along the Cemetery Road and 270 corridor, and uh, perhaps in some other places too. But the, the precise uh, locations haven't been identified yet. I had seen some um, slides that Flock put together that had locations maybe those are just perspective uh but they seemed pretty specific and they did add up to the 11 that they had suggested the flock company flock safety it's interesting i did some reading on it uh seems to have evolved largely out of private security solution for home ownership associations Mm -hmm. neighborhoods that would install these camera systems in the hope of, like people said, publicly announcing that they had these deterrents Mm -hmm. in the hope that it would be a, one, flashing, don't bother, we have high-tech surveillance. Right. Uh, But number two, also, that it actually does tie into all these different tools. And just like you see in all sorts of law enforcement, um, uh, what do you want to call it, evolutions of... The game evolutions of uh, uh, the pursuit of criminal law enforcement. There are technological advances that make significant change. Can't outrun a radio. That's a classic. Right. Uh, similarly, this is just expanding that web of interconnected resources that communicate with each other, uh, sharing all sorts of information all the time automatically. Um, I have several things to parse out with this situation uh flock is very specific in saying that information is deleted after 30 days video footage and coordination can only be used uh with certain search parameters that that they have uh they'll never sell this information there's all sorts of disclaimers all you really have on that is their word that that's how it's Mm -hmm. being done (laughs) <laughs> right. Uh, so, uh, number one, that's number one. Number two, um, they talk a little bit about some of the uh, structure. Sorry, real quick, I'm digging for papers uh, surrounding this thing. And a lot of it has to do with how it can be used. And uh, the chief, uh, okay, Chief Woods. Uh, had to answer a lot of questions in this city council meeting. Maybe we'll just segue a little bit into this council meeting since they're kind of going through it. 
Uh, and he, in his update, uh, included in the police department's operating budget, there was an allotment for these flock safety camera systems throughout the city. Noted HPD is ready to enter into a subscription agreement, which Kevin referenced and uh, the story describes. Mr. Carrier, uh, Les Carrier, asked why facial recognition is not included. Chief Woods replied that facial recognition is not part of this system. Now, to my knowledge, Flock doesn't have facial recognition as an offering in either its home packages or its commercial packages, to I my believe so. reading. So the way they're using this thing as a crime fighting tool is this large data aggregation following mm -hmm. people over the course of a day via these pinpoints. Mm -hmm. um, one of the most successful examples that they cited was a mail theft ring where they were able to trace this person's movements through certain neighborhoods in a vehicle recurring around the time of certain mm -hmm. package thefts and they were able to prosecute a very successful case against this person. So uh, the surveillance state has a certain kind of suave sophistication. Like if you look at their website, um, one of the things that they trumpet specifically is uh, how readily uh, they, they say it delivers results. After two months with Flock in Wichita, police department saw this, uh, the following success, and this is just a big bullet point. 56 stolen plates recovered, $1.1 million worth of stolen property recovered, 121 arrests made, 16 firearms seized. Okay, so <laughs> it it's one of these things that cuts in so many different directions. It's such a, you know, revolutionary deployment of technology that people are pushing it in all sorts of ways. Like Carrier here is saying facial, facial recognition, taking it to another degree of uh, intrusiveness and uh, uh, depth when this thing is already delivering a transformative number of arrests. Like, just the amount of, say, hey, crime in Hilliard's low, so we're going to install all these cameras, and how part of how we define success is an increase in arrests. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, I don't know how, how that's all going to come out in the wash. I know certain people have no problem defining that as success. I myself question uh, that, but again, a lot of the examples that are cited are very attractive because they solve problems that are otherwise difficult to solve by use of these advanced systems. So, you know, it's just funny uh, to see a police chief kind of putting his hands up going, whoa, 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 <laughs> right. we're not talking about facial recognition, we're talking about big data aggregation. Uh, which, in its own way, is scary, but different sure. scary. Is Flock an acronym? I don't think so. I don't so. think so. That's just the name that I'm their sure. uh, their uh, consultant helped them pick out to be catchy for their corporation. Well, you know, it kind of leans into the whole, you want to be a shepherd, protect your flock. With these cameras, you can protect <coughs> your flock, take care of the flock, your neighborhood, think of your community and neighbors. Because, I mean, really, that's the one thing that I was... Uh, you know, most interested in it's a classic public-private partnership where it evolved from you know a very narrow application in very exclusive neighborhoods uh, to this wider network 
and who knows what the applications are. How many former FBI, CIA, and NSA uh, <laughs> employees are on the board of Flock? I, I have not looked into that. Um, but a lot of what they... <laughs> it's headquartered uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you, Kevin. Let the reporter do his job, too. Let the reporter do Jeez. Let me see what else I can... Here to ask yeah, yeah, dig a little bit. Dig for a few minutes. I'm going to filibuster for a second and describe a little bit why they think it's such a transformative thing. And the chief kind of um, noted this, and Kevin notes this as well, the amber alerts, the silver alerts, the blue alerts, how they'll tie into some of these other systems that are really, um, you know, really useful and helpful and need more material support and resources. Like, it would be great if there were an easier way to locate kidnapped children or wandering seniors. And, you know, if this camera system plays a role in that, that's a trade-off. You know, we know some people that say, you know, people are always thinking about trade-offs between freedom and security, freedom and security. Hmm. Well, you know, to somebody who has an Alzheimer's parent or something, uh, and they have a penchant for getting the keys, you know, I guess right. maybe this is a concern or maybe this is something that might help. We'll need to, we'll need, what, what I want to see is a public tally of Amber Alert rescues, Silver Alert rescues that occur in Hilliard due to this system. I'd love to, yeah, for when that happens, for it to be made public. Yes. Now, there is, in all these uh, operating agreements, um, uh, they say specifically, Flock is quoted on their website as saying, we are committed to never share or sell any customer data. Every search conducted in the Flock safety system requires a specific reason for a traceable audit conducted by law enforcement, constituents, or city government. So that's that public-private partnership thing kind of hedging a little bit as long as people know that they can do this mm -hmm. on the side of the public. And that this is a contract with the city. Mm -hmm. uh, it's used by law enforcement, mm -hmm. but if a citizen and a you know a city government were to ask for how this system is being used, uh, they wouldn't ostensibly have to go within the police department if the police department were for whatever reason reticent to share that information. You know, we've seen in other you know municipalities where police departments don't always cooperate fully with investigations or with the public uh, insight into their job performance. Maybe this is a hedge against that, as long as people know that they can use it in that way uh, to check up on people and how they're using these tools, it might be useful. But they describe it as a force multiplier, because they say for every thousand people that you have, you're supposed to have two and a half police officers-ish and Hilliard is under that, despite having a very robust budget, and despite hiring fairly regularly. We're at 51. We're heading towards 40,000 residents. Mm -hmm. You know, it's on that line of what people's standards and expectations are, but these systems could help officers be more productive, I guess, in the final analysis. But I know there are a lot of listeners and readers uh, that have close relationships with Hilliard City Police Department. And, um, you know, I thought this was uh, an interesting evolution in the modern world that we all live in and that, uh, you know, people are uh, out there running around doing naughty crimes 
Uh, and uh, this is how some people choose to check up on them. And you. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. Um, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about electric aggregation, guys. All right, wipe the sleep out of your eyes. First of all, Come that, on got, now. that got a little bit dicey at the council meeting. It did let, get a little bit dicey. Let me know what that means. Sure. Electric aggregation, in the short form, is where a group of citizens is approached by a company that has the ability to charge that group one price Boop. based on contract terms uh, that, in general, allow the city, the group, the township, the village, some of these are very small, down to 60 people. Some of them are very large, larger than the one that they're doing with us. Um, <clears throat> but what it amounts to is an operating agreement that allows the city of Hilliard to guarantee a flat rate of payment of, well, of charge rather, for every resident that opts in. Well, in this case, we all opted in by passing this Hilliard, uh, Greener Hilliard Initiative. That's been passed. That was passed by a wide margin, Kevin. Yeah, it was a wide margin. Um, 65%? It was over. Yeah, it was. It was big. It was in the mid-60s. It was a roll. To, people to want to move it. forward. People want to start to diversify. People want to feel like they're playing a part in all this. So off we go. Uh, at council, got a little choppy <laughs> because people are committed uh, to their interpretation. It felt to me like, uh, what was the final vote? 6-1. There you go. 72 pages of council notes, mm -hmm. uh, many of them dedicated to the discussion that took place uh, over electric aggregation, all for it to come out to a 6-1 vote, um, mostly tells me that people in office uh, felt obligated to uh, either advance or drag <clears throat> their feet along grounds unrelated to the vote. So there were people that were frustrated about legal um, counsel that was shared among uh, legal counsel and other members of counsel, but potentially not other members of counsel. But at the same time, all that came out to nothing. There were a lot of strong defenses there were a lot of people that said, look, we just want a clear and transparent process. We want more clarity. We want more transparency. We want more uh, people to have more uh, say from the beginning and more openly. I'm fine with all that, but the time for squawking about it is done. <laughs> sure. I'm still unclear on what electric aggregation means. Well, it just means that there's now, a, a, instead of a bill from ADP mm -hmm. that is going to come to you from some independent energy seller because Ohio was deregulated years ago mm -hmm. in which case there are all these small companies running around trying to sell you different contracted rates of electricity. Very, instead of all that nonsense familiar. instead of a million different competing cable companies Tim, mm -hmm. we are now dealing with one cable company and, they, and we are paying them it, it, one rate. Electro, you don't have to change it to cable. I have, I understand. I just don't think a lot of people understand what electric aggregation means, and we need to have a clear <coughs> oh, yeah. definition of what it means. Does that mean that the city is buying power on behalf of its citizens, 
and that we will all be billed the same rate for our power. It seems like that's what that means. I want to be clear on that, whether or not that is accurate. Yeah. So, if you would like, <laughs> I will start to read to you what it is. On November 8th, 2022, majority of voters in the city of Hilliard, Franklin County, Ohio, approved a referendum that authorized the city of Hilliard to pursue automatic governmental aggregation. After the community held two public hearings on the matter, the community approved this plan of operation and governance. The community has developed this plan of operation and governance in accordance with the governmental aggregation provisions. So there is a plan for this. It is an allowable way to do business. Once certified as a governmental aggregator, the community will be authorized to combine multiple retail electric customer loads within its geographic boundaries for the purpose of facilitating the purchase of electric supply in Ohio's competitive retail electric market, right? So what it is is this company looks at how Hilliard uses electricity mm -hmm. and calls it a retail electric load. Okay. And then sellers of power look at that demand and say, we will sell to that circle of people on the map for X rate. Right, that puts us in a category of being able to have certain contract terms mm -hmm. with these power suppliers, have better opportunity for long-term savings based on projections, based on we're a city. <laughs> we're not Joe at five four five four apartment, you know, that may come and go. Right. This is a city that has these growth projections that is based in this trajectory that it's going to be here, right? We plan to continue to use yes. electricity. Well, and if you notice what we've been building here, a lot of data centers, Holy I don't boy. think demand for power is going down. But essentially, just to restate again, by passing that measure, issue 35, we're all in. <clears throat> if anybody wants to opt out, there are ways to do that. Go on the City of Hilliard website, go into, uh, I believe it's the City Council tab, and you can find all the different ways that you can opt out of the electric agreement. I'll find it now if you like. Um, there was discussion to reverse that because um, there was some concern of council members that they would rather people be required to take the steps to opt in. That is not what was and, and, passed. That is not okay. what was passed. And I can't, you know, part of me okay. just is frustrated by the fact that these guys have to be educated over and over and over again on this stuff. And reading through these minutes is just, it's obfuscation. You know, what was passed is essentially a system where we're already all in. That's how the power is generated. Anybody can opt out. The company that's taken on this agreement understands that there will be hundreds, perhaps thousands of opt-outs. Right. That's fine. But you can't undermine the whole idea behind becoming an aggregator by flipping the right. arrangement of the order okay. of the <laughs> order of the steps. You know, the only way it can be done <clears throat> is to start with a pool. Without the pool, it can't happen. Right. So we voted approved by a wide margin to create the pool, you know, good old democracy. Hey, no. <laughs> uh, and I'm loath to see 
uh, certain people in those council chambers, and everybody can read the notes for yourself, uh, dragging uh, certain arguments into the thing that don't belong there. The time for arguing how to construct the uh, issue was when the issue was being debated. Right, previous to the vote. Correct. 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 All right. So, yeah, that's moving forward. There's a very defined timeline, and there's some cool steps happening over the course of the next few months, and I would like to keep everybody up to date on that, and uh, it will be a recurring focus of our coverage just in a, a way that uh, I think everybody can appreciate because it's going to be an ongoing part of our lives for a certain number of years, definitely um, the next two to three, and then after that, who can say? It could be a bigger and bigger part of it, and uh, I would like to see more and more municipal utilities start to come together, and this kind of thing is the first step uh, to that. Anybody have anything else to add on electric aggregation, or Tim, do you have any other questions that I might be able to answer <laughs> for you regarding the process? I think I understand it well enough. Well, listen, <laughs> if you don't, there's reams of information about it <laughs> available. But actually, I think I found that the um, this operating agreement goes through everything in about four pages, mm -hmm. and it's not badly organized. And uh, maybe I will get some links together to share some isolated bits and pieces of this, because I think it's easier to look at some of this in isolation rather than the totality, because a lot of it's organized a little, a little oddly. Uh, if we don't have anything else to add, I thought maybe we'd end on a lighter, a lighter bit of news. Let's do that. Uh, an Oklahoma newspaper's secret recording prompts calls <laughs> for officials to resign. Audio featured an official talking about hanging black people and other officials speaking of hiring hitmen for two reporters, the newspaper said. Kevin. I saw that float through on one of my social media feeds. Seems wildly inappropriate. What? Now, I've seen the musical Oklahoma <laughs> once or twice. This does not strike me as that kind of thing. <clears throat> uh, beyond this small community, the larger administration of Oklahoma, governor's state administration on down, have all called for resignation and said these people should resign. Sheriff, jail administrator, sheriff's department investigator, and a county commissioner. This was a covertly recorded supposed to be public meeting that uh, they were tr these reporters that recorded this thing were trying to prove that they were discussing business out of session right. and you know that's against sunshine laws etc etc that's one of these things apparently there's pretty adversarial relationship existing between this small rural newspaper doesn't even have a website. They had to publish uh, a paper with a QR code on the front page that people could scan that would take them to an independent website that had the audio recordings and the transcripts and all this other stuff. This was some really chilling stuff and it reminds me of nothing so much as uh, just the meanest little the meanest little of the moment power fantasies and the idea that people could people could legitimately think that 
killing a reporter. Let's see. Let's see how they described it. According to the transcript released by the newspaper, Mark Jennings, a county commissioner, talked about hanging black people by a creek. But you can't do that anymore, he said, according to the transcript. They got more rights than we got. Mr. Jennings, Sheriff Clardy, and Alicia Manning, a sheriff's office investigator, also complained about Mr. Willingham and his son, Christopher Willingham. The Willingham sued Sheriff Clardy, Miss Manning, and the Board of Commissioners last month, claiming that he had been slandered in retaliation for an investigative series. Small town, back and forth. I know where two big deep holes are here if you ever need them, Mr. Jennings said on the recording, according to the transcript. The sheriff responded, I've got an excavator, Mr. Jennings replied. Well, these are already pre-dug. At another point, according to the transcript, Mr. Jennings said, I've known two or three hitmen. They're very quiet guys. <laughs> yeah? And would cut no mercy, Mr. Jennings said, adding an expletive. I just, you know. It sounds like they're joking. There's a lot to recommend <laughs> small town life. And then there's this. And there's a lot to recommend every kind of life. And then there's that. So... My suggestion to everybody is don't embrace hate. <laughs> don't embrace petty violence against each other and petty rivalries and petty uh, feuds. Seek meaning in collaboration. Seek meaning in community building. Seek meaning in electric aggregation. <laughs> For sure. And also, when you feel the need to vent your spleen, make, sure, <clears throat> make sure no one's running tape. Yeah, I guess. Man alive. There's gonna be lawsuits. There's gonna be lawsuits back and forth in that one. Uh, I think that they they're trying to claim that it was illegally recorded and manipulated, but I I listened to it. It's it's pretty damning. You can't fake those accents. You can't really fake those accents. Well, anyway, that was a little head fake. We didn't end on a lighter note. We kind of. Man, that was a kind of went dark, but yeah, that went a little bit dark. You know, that's how we do things around here, boys. We're gonna have a few supplementals coming up here because we've got exciting things afoot next week on the 29th. It's our first Agora Market of yes. the season. We're gonna have the Pop Up Pickers Club folks in here to chat a little bit about what's going on what? and how they came <clears throat> to prominence. Kevin. You got any questions about the Agora Market Pop Up Pickers Club? You want to put us in the newspaper? We are. The we don't newspaper. have a newspaper. Oh anymore. man, that's right. Well, we we'll the, figure something we out, guys. Can't tell you about that, but we'll figure something. <laughs> but subscribe, uh, uh, read it on the beacon. Subscribe yeah. to the beacon. If you want to know about these farmers markets and small business and things like that, old Hillier Day when it comes back in the um, in September, that's what's missing. We we don't have a local newspaper. Any more to tell you about these things? Yeah, but we're the glue guys. Yes. We'll provide that. Okay. It might not. It might not come in That's the form the everybody always wants, but we'll give it to you. It's gonna. It's in a more convenient form. That's right. Available That's right. Uh, for the low, low cost of entering your email into a box on your screen. Yes. So please do that. Like, subscribe, share this information out to anybody that you think might be interested in it. The community plan, final draft, also published, and I am looking at it. It is 166 glorious pages of brand new uh, direction for our city. And I will be diving into that in the weeks to come. But until next time, I have been Jordan Smith, joined by... 
Tim Hoffman, and Kevin Corva. And we are the Hilliard Beacon. Thank you, everyone. Have a Cheers. great rest of your day and week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Ciao.